guest, the head coach from Kennedy High School in Richmond, Greg Marshall. Coach, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good, man. Glad to, to have a football season coming. So, you know, I'm excited. Definitely, yeah. And I know it was a long wait. The season got pushed back originally. I remember mid-late July, it was pushed back to, hey, we're going to start maybe January 7th for the season. Kept getting pushed back. But then you got that word Friday from the state that under these updated guidelines, especially with that 14 cases for 100,000, as long as you're lower than that threshold, you guys can play football. So what was that news like Friday to get that? What was your initial reaction? And how big was that to hear that news just for your kids who have waited so long? Uh, you know, initially, um, I think hope was going. We talked before on the podcast and um, let them play. California came out and we're, some of our coaches were involved with that. And um, to just get that news, it was it was refreshing. But I, was also, I do also believe it was a little too late. Um, I don't know if you've been following uh, my program and some of the stuff that we're dealing with. But we have a, we have a kid missing right now, uh, our wide receiver, Antoine Wheatley, um, who was last seen on the San Rafael Bridge. Um, and last where we got, he never came off the bridge. So as a program, we're dealing with that. So to kind of get this football news to say, hey, we'll have a season. It was refreshing. But I, I think a lot of the kids mentally, um, some kids have tapped out um, and some kids have, have given up. So I think numbers are down across the board. But it's good that these seniors get a chance to go out and do have a senior season. So overall, it was refreshing. It was good to good to know. Um, we just hope that we're able to get through it. <laughs> you're muted. Yeah, you're muted, Greg. It's been, I'm sure it's been a couple hectic days and uh, times during since the Friday announcement. How is the scheduling going and how are you getting your kids prepared for this short season? Well, for us, it's a schedule in our league is handling that. We'll probably play just a county schedule. Uh, we have six schools that's in our school district, so we'll probably pay those schools. Um, the, the challenging part is getting physicals, uh, seeing what kids have grades to play, seeing who still wants to play. Um, so that's that's been the challenging part, just the logistics of everything. Um, ordering decals, trying to get jerseys ordered. Uh, now everybody wants uh, back plates, advisors. So, you know, it's just been a, a major rush just trying to get everything in order. But fortunately, uh, I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> and then what makes you most excited about this year's squad and being able to play with them this year? For me, I think what this pandemic has taught us is really not about the wins or losses, right? I think last year we had a pretty good good year, and I, and I strongly believe this year we would have been a state, a state title contender. Um, but just to give these seniors an opportunity to, to have a senior season for me, uh, we could go out there and go 0-5, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't care. I just want them to have an opportunity to play. Um, and I'm glad that they will get this opportunity. And so let's go into more of your coaching career. What got you into coaching in the first place and wanting to work with kids? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think nobody ever asked me that. Um, I think I knew my senior year of high school I wanted to be a coach. Um, did a year of junior college ball. Um, finished school at Seattle Maritime Academy, uh, got my AA degree. And I started coaching at St. Elizabeth under Greg Morris uh, for, I think it was there, three seasons. Then I went over to Richmond High for one year, JV team. 
in Albany for one year as the JV head coach, and I've been at Kennedy the last six years as a JV head coach, varsity defensive coordinator, and now the varsity head coach. Um, just just the opportunity to give back to to my community. Um, I've never coached for a paycheck. I have 10 years as a coach, and I haven't received a dime. Um, just because these kids, when I look at these kids, I see myself when I was their age. So the opportunity to give back and show these kids that, look, somebody from this area can get out and be successful and come back and give back for free. So that's always just been my driving motivation. And then what led you to coming back and coaching at Kennedy and then eventually becoming the head coach there? Uh, my time at Albany, uh, I was a pretty successful JV head coach. Uh, we were 8-1 in my, my one year at Albany. And uh, my buddy, Tashaka Berry, got the job, who I coached with at Richmond, he got the job at Kennedy and wanted me to come over as the varsity defensive coordinator. And I was presented that same opportunity at Albany. And for me, the one year at Albany, I was we were pretty successful on the field, but I saw that I didn't really impact these kids' lives off the field. You know, these kids were coming, driving nice cars to practice, and didn't really have some of the challenges that some kids in the inner city have. And I just feel like a part of me was lost not coaching in the inner city. Um, I felt like I wasn't really doing the work that I set out to do. So I decided to come back and uh, be the varsity defensive coordinator. Uh, and then uh, in those summers leading up to the season, we had a lot of freshmen and sophomores. I mean, we decided that it was probably best for me to build the JV program up um, that year and that he'll, you know, take what he can on varsity, but set the foundation for our success that you see today. So that year, uh, we went undefeated. Uh, we outscored our opponents 398 to two. Uh, and the safety that we had, we stepped out intentionally and played a field position game. We were pretty dominant that year. And from that season on, we've been in the playoffs with that JV group ever since. And you've talked about coaching a little bit. Sure, you're a football coach, but there's a lot of things you're doing off the field as well to help kids. So just go more into just the impact that you try to have on kids off the field, whether that's academics, lives, life lessons, character skills, whatever it is, and just some things you're doing to help kids not only on the football field, but off the football field and for the next, not just four years, but I guess next 40 years of their lives. Well, with, with, with the kids that I coach, uh, there's no secret that where we come from, there's not a lot of success. But I always listen to a great motivational speaker, uh, William Hollis, and it's uh, something that he says always stick, sticks to me. He says that roads can grow up in the same – if the roads can grow in that concrete and in the same city that I grew up in, then you can also blossom like that rose. So that's just the motivation that I keep um, and try to stay positive. And then also, I think a lot of these kids, it's a lot of opportunities for every kid, but I think also for a lot of kids of color at these HBCUs that does give out a ton of money that these kids just don't know how to access. So, you know, that's kind of a pipeline that I've taken, that's sort of the pipeline that I've taken, uh, taken up and the approach that I do that, look, my, my, my goal at the very least is to get a kid a 3.0 and can get him some money from an HBCU. So he has an, at least an opportunity to say, my coach done everything for me to at least give me a chance to better my life. I'm at the end of the day, that's, that's all I strive for. And since you've taken over going off kind of what you said already about off the field and on the field, have you seen the program grow since you've taken over? I think we've, we've early on, we had a lot of um, 
when I wasn't the head varsity coach, and this is no fault to anybody, we had a lot of ton of talent, but not a lot of kids doing great academically. Um, once I took over, my focus strictly switched to being strong academically, and the athletic part will come. So I think um, once I took over, uh, we weeded out a bunch of the kids that was just just in it to play football and nothing else. Right now we have kids that are academically strong, um, athletically gifted, and that if it don't work out athletically, that their academics hold a lot of weight to get them into schools of their choice. For instance, I have a kid named Hayda, four-year guy, um, works two jobs, busted. But um, four years ago, if you asked the kid about college, it wasn't on his radar. Um, this year, he got accepted into a few few schools in the state of California, um, and he he will attend Sac State almost freely, just because he has a strong academics and qualifies for a bunch of financial aid. So that's just uh, that's the what, what the the. Our mindset changed. Like I said, once I took over at Kennedy is that every last one of my seniors, 80% of those guys sign or goes to a four-year college for as cheap as possible. You mentioned that success just on the academic side as well. I think last time we spoke a couple weeks ago, I believe you said you had five seniors in the senior class that had scholarship offers, correct? So how have you just been able to build it to be so successful just in these different avenues, whether it is also football, but also just this classroom and career success as well. Well, once the pandemic started, if everybody was, you know, upset, we wasn't going to have a senior season, um, this, that, and the third. But where we come from, our whole lives, we have to adapt. And, you know, life throws a stone at you. You got to dodge and keep going. And that's just been our mindset. It's like, yeah, right now, this is what we're dealing with. But our future, do we still have a future, right? College football still being played. Uh, life goes on. You can't sit down and, and stay down. And, you know, just in my past life, going through the adversity that I went through, um, no matter how tough it gets, you always got to just keep fighting and keep moving. And that's just been our motivation. It's like, yeah, we can we can bow down and, and fold during the pandemic or come out stronger as a team. And like I said, even for this year, even though it is a pandemic, this is the most kids uh, in my six years at Kennedy that will go sign and go to the next level or will attend college during the pandemic. So I think at first, like I said, it, it caused a lot of uh, adversity and rattled us a bit, but we came out, we banded together and came out stronger. What does that say about your kids that even through a pandemic, as tough it is, as tough as it is just to go through these tough times, maybe being at home, not being able to go to school to get these scholarship offers and make it to college. And how much does that just motivate you and everybody else around you even more? I just think for, for our program and our kids, it gives the, the younger kids a chance to see uh, what I've been preaching works, right? Combustion, but take care of your academics and we go, we go find a way out of this. Um, for the senior group, just that strong leadership that they've had uh, got us through these tough times. Um, like I said it was challenging, but I'm just really, like I said, blessed. Sometimes it's like, like it's, it's, it doesn't seem real, like in a sense, some of the success we're having. Um, but we're just fortunate and just keep the faith. And that leads us into the next question uh, as well. Who are some players that you're excited to see play this year and excited to see grow? Uh, I know it's only a few games this year, but how, is, how excited are you to see some of these players play? Oh, I'm, I'm excited for, of course, my seniors to have a season, but of the younger group, um, we're not as strong as we were. Uh, in the junior class, a few juniors quit. 
but we also have a, a nice running back in Kofi Chung, um, who's a junior that's, that's coming back. I'm excited for that kid to get an opportunity to play. Um, I'm excited for Malik Bennett, our linebacker, transferred from McClymouth a few years ago. He has grown so much during the pandemic, um, and I'm super excited for that kid to get an opportunity. And his chance to actually lead. You know, he's been voted a captain as a junior, and I'm a senior heavy. So, you know, he has a lot of shoes to fill. Um, he played uh, varsity as a sophomore, so he knows the ropes, and we're going to count on him to not only step up and be a leader on this team, but also future the future team in the fall. And then I'm the, I think the kid I'm most excited about, uh, sophomore Alvante Gallon, uh, a six foot two, 230 pound tight end that I have coming through the ranks. Um, he'll start off, uh, if it was the fall, he would have started off on JV, but he's grown, he, he's stayed with the program. Um, and he, he will we'll play varsity as a sophomore and probably fill the position that Jermaine Terry left to go to Cal early. So it's a blessing and a curse. I lose Jermaine Terry, who was a wonderful kid, four-star tight end, but I also believe Alvante Gallant can be the next Jermaine Terry. And Jermaine Terry, a four-star recruit, right? Rated as one of the best players in all of America by ESPN, by every single service you can think of. Obviously now at Cal Berkeley, what made him so special? His work ethic. I don't believe anybody can outwork Jermaine. I think from day one. It's funny because he used that our practice uh, two days, uh, last two days of this week. And, you know, we're talking with some of the seniors and they're like, man, Jermaine, our first game, you couldn't even catch a ball right. <laughs> um, but he just worked his butt off. Jermaine is a hard worker. Um, he realized early on that academics was the key to getting out of his situation. Um, his leadership to want to just to, to go forward, um, and the one thing that I that I truly love about Jermaine, and it still shows to this, is his loyalty. Right, we're a small school. So when he got an SEC offer in, in the 10th grade, of course, the big schools are coming to call and say, hey, transfer here. We can do this. We can do that. Jermaine never complained once about touching the ball. Um, we're a run-heavy team. He, he understood that and knew that. And just trusted in us and in our, in, in our program. And at the end of the day, it worked out for him. And I'm extremely so proud of Jermaine. And for someone that talented to be that selfless and be that loyal, how much do you think that just rubbed off on the rest of the players in your team culture to not ever complain or worry about how many touches you got, especially when, like I just mentioned, he's one of the top oh, players it, in the country. It's, it's to get to that five years ago, four years ago, even three years ago, we wasn't at that point. But now when they see Jermaine sacrifice for the betterment of the team, like I said, I have kids that's already signed – future is determined they know where they'll be going to school in the fall and not one of those kids said coach I got an offer I'm already signed good luck this spring season they all said no coach we're coming back um this is what we, we, we dreamed of let's, let's get the job done um like I said it taught the younger kids the same way I have a few good athletes coming through the ranks from JV last year like Alvante Gallon um and Manny Gillian who knows that you know you guys are playmakers but there's a way we do things around here and sometimes on varsity, you got to rate, rate your turn. Um, and that's what Jermaine did, and it worked out. And what led you guys to naming Malik a captain for your football team as a junior? Can you repeat that? What led you guys to naming Malik the transfer you mentioned from McClymans to be a team captain as a junior? Ooh. I let the kids decide that. Um, 
I'm like I said, I just because I'm the head coach, that doesn't mean I know the most or know what's best. Um, four months ago, it wouldn't have happened. As I'm just gonna be honest, and Malik knows that. Um, but his selflessness, his work ethic. I mean, that time in that time where seniors wavered about whether they're come or not, um, that kid still showed up every day, and just kind of took charge. And he's become a student of the game. You know, Malik is a little goofy. Uh, and as a sophomore, you don't talk much on varsity, right? You got a senior heavy team, four-star tied in. You're just the baby of the bunch. Kind of gets with less. And he never complained. He took all the punches that was thrown at him. Uh, but his heart, Malik's heart, I mean, that kid is fearless. Uh, he'll run through a brick wall. And his attitude, slowly but surely these last couple of months, you kind of see the team kind of take on his attitude. And even the coaches as myself, I mean, Malik is a 16-year-old kid. Who I could go to for wisdom, as weird as that might sound. Um, his attitude is just roll with the punches. Let's do what we got to do, and let's go. And that's just sort of the attitude that I see the team kind of taking on. Yeah, we have to rush to get blue jerseys. Yes, we have to rush to get physicals. That does, there's no excuse. You still got a job to do. So and I think that's what led the kids to say, look, man, this kid is a leader. <laughs> We're going to get behind Malik and go. And it's, and it's funny because it's, it's four months ago, I, <laughs> I could have not said that. <laughs> it sounds even yucky coming out of my mouth. <laughs> but I'm just tremendously blessed to have that kid. He, the kid went from just being on a, a defensive starter for us to now he's going to be a two-way starter. Uh, probably not come off the field. And you mentioned your senior class a couple times during this podcast, but how important has this senior class been to your program and what's made them so special? I barely can hear you. I said, how important has the senior class been to your program and what made them so special? They came in special, to be honest. I, I was real shocked how deep we were in that class. That's probably been the best class I've ever had. They had about 10 to 12 guys come in one day, one day in the summer, early on, like maybe the first week of summer school. Said, hey, we're here to play football. And a lot of them have relatives that play for us. Um, I think what made them special is that they all came in and, and quickly got with the program. You know, these kids that, that were freshmen that was practicing against varsity uh, kids, um, they realized some of the mistakes that their older siblings made by not handling grades. They knew that they were better than that. And um, also think them seeing Jermaine have success early as a 10th grader, put the light bulb on in their head like, wait a minute. This kid has a Tennessee offer. He has an Alabama offer. And we're in the same grade as him. But we still got two more years to get there. And he's from Richmond, California. Like, wait a minute. If he can do it, why can't us? We all went to middle school together, play together. Like, we all got to get with the program. And I think ultimately that's what shifted everybody's mindset. And then I want to go into more of this year. Now that we're going to get to play some football this year, we can actually look ahead and make some – predictions but I want you to see any predictions that you have for your athletes and also for your team this year as a whole I predict we'll just show up and, and, and have fun I mean, at this point I don't care about the wins as weird as that might sound I would have not said that six months ago um, I just want them to have fun play four quarters and play hard play fast play physical and maybe to argue with a ref or two along the way I kind of <laughs> missed that <laughs> That's no, a good but I, I but ultimately, I, I do expect us to be real strong in the trenches. We have a wonderful um, offensive and defensive line that I'm excited to showcase, even though I only get a few more games with them. But uh, I just predict us to go out there and have fun. How do you 
do you think that atmosphere is going to be for your first game when you guys finally get to go out there and play some football? Honestly, with no fans and no, you know, not the real thrill of Friday Night Lights, right? No snack bar, no cheerleaders. Well, we might have cheerleaders, but no fans, no no trash talk. I think it would be, for us, like a glorified practice. (laughs) So, but the kids want the opportunity. That's all that matters. They want to have some feel about there for their senior years, and they deserve it. I recommend all coaches. We even, we even as a program was like, oh, do we do we buy decals? Do we buy jerseys? And it's like, do we take pictures? And the reality is, I want to get these kids back to normal and give them some resemblance of a senior season. So we still will have senior night, even though the stands will be empty. We still have all the the the, the tricks and, and stuff that we usually do: picture day, uh, senior jerseys, um, all that stuff. So I'm excited, man. And how nice is that senior night going to be after everything everyone's been through for the last seven, eight months, 11 months since it started? How nice is that senior night going to be finally getting these kids their final game? Oh, I think uh, for us, we're doing senior night the first game, our first home game. We're not even taking any chances, right? Um, but I think for those kids, it just everything will come full circle for them, uh, for how things started on that field and just to, to end their four years through everything, through all the adversity. For us to get back here for one last home game, um, kids deserve it. And then some questions now we ask everybody. Favorite ever home-cooked meal? Favorite ever home-cooked meal? I would probably say lasagna. Really? Okay. Yes, homemade lasagna from scratch. Uh, that is probably it. I will definitely go that or fried chicken, but – Probably more homemade lasagna. You can't go wrong with fresh homemade lasagna. Right. Yeah, That's so good, too. All the cheese in there. Oh, you can't go wrong with lasagna ever. You got to stop doing this at lunchtime. I always get way too hungry <laughs> on these podcasts, asking these questions. But the next one is, who is your favorite athletes growing up, and who are some of your favorite current athletes? Favorite athlete growing up was Barry Bonds and Frank Gore. Um, all my passwords literally is probably Barry Bonds and Frank Gore. Um, but favorite athletes now, um, Malik Bennett, <laughs> probably my kid on my team. Just watching him go out there and play football is a joy. But realistically, uh, from not being biased on somebody that I've coached, um, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, anybody from Alabama, I really love. Uh, Niner fans won't like what I'm about to say, Jimmy G. I love watching him play just because I know he gives us a good opportunity to win. Yeah. Some of my favorite athletes now. I can't go wrong. Barry Bonds, we, me and Chris were just talking this about this uh, before you got on, actually. Barry Bonds probably my favorite athlete ever as well. Yeah, he's definitely my favorite. Him or Tim Duncan is my favorite athlete. Yeah. Remarkable. His longevity, too, was ridiculous. I mean, even at, what, 38, 39 when he was playing, he was still hitting that same 20-footer every game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what, then, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, what about your favorite movie and then favorite TV show? Favorite movie is Coach Carter. Great movie. Uh, nice. Basketball movie based out of Richmond, California. Um, favorite TV show of all time? It was just funny because I was just watching reruns of the Sons of Anarchy. That was just one good show. <laughs> um, I really love that show. Probably now on TV. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Hell's Kitchen reruns. Believe it or not, <laughs> cooking beef Wellington and risotto in my kitchen. 
<laughs> in my spare time or to show power. Okay. It's interesting. You know, we, we've had, you know, what, 30, 35 guests on this show now. It seems like we get a different answer for all of these questions every time. And it's interesting to see all, all the different answers we've gotten so far, but can't go wrong with all your answers, especially the Barry Bonds one. Yeah, can't hear about that one all day from Greg. Yep. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a baseball player with a bases loaded get intentionally walked. I don't know if I'll ever see that again either. Yeah. <laughs> that power, right? Yeah. Yeah, but thank you so much to Coach Marshall from Kennedy for coming on, doing a lot of great work in the community. Last year, Kennedy, obviously, NCS championship appearance. Excited to see them come out and play some football games this year. Starting next month, so be, be sure to follow Kennedy, the Eagles football program out there in Richmond. Follow all of our work on social media, West Coast Preps underscore. Subscribe to our YouTube page to check out all of our podcasts like this. And also follow all of our work and stories at westcoastpreps.com. Because I'm gone. So long. I'm gone. So long. I'm gone.